Yo, it's Jillian on the Browner and a review of The Killer, the latest by author David Fincher, one of the preeminent American directors of the era. Though perhaps he is both capable of shape-shifting the most, he's also probably the most dependent on a good writer. As there's been a few lackluster films along the way, Alien 3, his debut, is fairly derided and uh, disowned but he really hit his stride with seven in 95 and the underappreciated the game one of michael douglas's best ever performances and i think the best david fincher film is still fight club um an iconic film but then something like panic room was the next film he made and it it is very very tepid stuff even if you're low, even if you're focusing on such a narrow range, it still doesn't really bring anything interesting to the table for me at all. Um, and I think Zodiac is his most overrated film. I think it's one of those films where absolutely nothing really happens and it doesn't really go anywhere. And people mistake that for class. It's beautifully uh, mounted, and it, you know the performances and everything, but. Each individual scene is great, but overall, I just do not rate it. I do completely, and The Curse of Benjamin Button was when he actually went for Oscar Gold, uh, possibly his worst film. Um, the Social Network was fantastic, obviously, and um, the fact that it didn't win Best Picture was uh, a farce. Um, so he really, and then he did the remake of The Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, which I think is superior. I, I didn't give the the original version of that a good review at all um, and I didn't really rate the David Fincher reimagining of it but it is watchable and I think the two leads in it are fantastic and probably his best since um, all the way back to the social network is um, Gone Girl that's amazing and um, one of the best female characters of this century I think I thought Mank was really good, uh, the one about Citizen Kane being written. I thought that was a great film, um, and it didn't get as much appreciation as it deserved. He's come back with The Killer, and the other element to this equation is the actor Michael Fassbender, who was everywhere at one point, and then had a few rough years and just vanished. And those were largely due to the incredibly poor reception of the last two X-Men movies, and a couple of side projects bombing, and he seemed to disappear, and it's the first film he's done for quite a while. It's based around a uh, hired assassin failing to do a job and then dealing with the aftermath. Um, now, I this is a totally and much more ordinary film than I was led to believe. I expected this was Day of the Jackal, which I, re I should do a review of that, because it's a masterpiece. In fact, I probably have reviewed it and I've just forgotten. Um, I expected a very dry psychological examination of the mind of a hitman and that world. But I didn't get that film at all. And I was annoyed at first that I didn't. What I got was a fairly rote, ordinary thriller where we've seen multiple times... Um, the idea of the trope of you know someone working their way up the ladder of a criminal organization payback style point blank style there are dozens of films drive it is in that pocket which i was very surprised about 
Um, it really does follow that trope of um, the the guy is exacting revenge against an organisation, working his way up the ladder. And there have been a hundred films on that exact same trope. I suppose the other element, which is the saving grace of this film, is I never expected it to be a comedy. And in a part, it is. And I think that is the thing that actually changes it from being as boring as anything into a hugely watchable film. It's less like The Day of the Jackal than it is like something like In Bruges. It's a very black comedy. And even though every element of it is something that we've seen before in other films, it felt new. And Fassbender... I think does will get an Oscar nomination. Even though he's not playing it deadpan serious, like, oh, I don't even know if I would say No Country for Old Men, Javier Bardem was not leaning into the comedy as well. But his reactions are often quite amiably goofy to when things go wrong. And he's famously not blinked in the whole film. Um, it's unbelievably watchable i found it so incredibly watchable that i've watched it twice already and could happily sit through it a third time there's something about it's it's beautifully made so scene on scene everything is shot beautifully it's soundtrack beautifully and it's got an incredible and will be oscar nominated score from david fincher's uh, favorite go-to set uh, music score Artist Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails and Atticus Ross, who have already, I think, won Oscars for soundtrack work on David Fincher films, maybe actually The Social Network. They do a brilliant job here, and we get about 15 songs by The Smiths, who are the only musical act that the killer will listen to. If I do have one gripe about the production on this film, it's that the um, sound balance is often annoying, they, they play two seconds of a Smith song and drop the volume to nothing. But they do it so frequently, it's very jarring. Um, I wish they'd left the volume levels up a lot more in this film. Um, so we get, David, uh, we get Michael Fassbender on a, a job in Paris, and we go through his thought processes, it takes forever. And that's when I still thought it was going to be this psychological drama. And it all goes horribly wrong. Um, and when he gets back to his hideaway in the Dominican Republic, he finds that his partner has been brutally assaulted by the hitman sent to kill him because he has screwed up. And the rest of the movie is him progressing through the different chain of command to reach the you know the ultimate goal. Um, just it's just very very watchable. Like, everything about it seems so... Like I said, I don't like the fact that they keep turning the volume up and down on the Smith songs in it. I wish they'd just let them run a bit more. Um, and it is, it is two seconds of a song, and then it's just, like, turned right down so it's in the background. Michael Fassbender's never been better. He's superb here. Um, Tilda Swinton shows up for a show-stopping performance. Um, he, she's absolutely great. And not many other people really show out that much. I think um, Alice Howard as the ultimate client of the Paris job is very, very good, as is um, Kerry O'Malley as um, 
uh, a secretary that gets caught up in everything. And there are lots of very good scenes. There's one where he attacks another hitman in Florida, which is a long-form sequence, which is very, very good. And the whole Tilda Swinton uh, sequence is extremely good as she kind of relives the Doctor Strange film a little bit. If you remember her sort of greeting her mortality in that film and the fact that she'd been sort of lying a bit to get there, um, it's kind of redolent of that movie. Um, she's very, very strong and you kind of wish that they'd given her a little bit more, I'm bleeding, uh, a little bit more uh, to do in the film as well. But overall, it is just unexpectedly watchable. It's not a dry, dull, uh, serious film at all. It's actually pretty amusing. Um, and the whole, I don't think there's a scene that Fassbender isn't the front and center character in the whole film. Um, and he does, a, he's pitch perfect casting here. It suits him so well. Um, so it is a, an unexpectedly great watch. So I wouldn't have said that, you know, there's anything particularly great about it other than the soundtrack perhaps um but overall it's just so watchable so i'm going to give the killer an eight and a half out of ten which is more than i gave the last mission impossible film from the